it spreads like a virus. You know, it's a collective virus of fear. That's what we're really battling. We're not really battling COVID. And there's always a spiritual, as you know, a spiritual creation before physical one, before it manifests physically. What have we created on the energetic level that is bigger than COVID? Well, it's this fear. It's this war of what's going to happen to my body? What's going to happen to the bodies of my loved ones? That's how deep this is. And when we talk about the matrix, Mm -hmm. the, the grids of the matrix were laid down by fear. Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. I have grown to love the woman that I'm about to interview. Her name is Cherie Burton. She's the mother of six. She's an author and an international speaker and has a wonderful podcast I recommend called Women Seeking Wholeness. She's an international business owner and emotional restoration expert. She's worked in clinical mental health settings And now she specializes in the science and spirituality of emotional healing and sensory integration, a whole soul approach. Cherie teaches the new feminine leadership paradigm and has guided thousands of women all over the world to access their voices, creativity, power, and authenticity. I can't wait to share her with you today. Hello, Cherie. Monica, one of my favorite people. I was just thinking, you know, recently I've been just loving all of my podcast heroine sisters. And (laughs) I've just been lately interviewing other women who I listen to their podcast and just love all of the, you know, just what you're bringing to the world. I just want to first acknowledge you for that because you're podcast and your way of being just is something that I easily gravitate towards. Oh, thank you so much. And I feel that way about your podcast too. So that's why we're like fangirling over each other's stuff. I know it's so good. It's just such a, it's such a beautiful time. I'm finding that I am led to the right people, the right women, the right men who hold aspects of these conversation. Yeah. That as I continue to kind of build on the foundation of my revelation project, that it's just, it just feels like a natural extension of all the conversations that need to be here. Yes. Amen. The right people do show up to take us to our next level of learning and growth. Always. I've learned to trust that. Me too. And even sometimes when it's hard, or like I'm finding that there's a lot going on right now, and I may have that first impulse or instinct, and then I get up in my head and I think, yeah, oh, oh, you know, I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but if I just kind of allow my instinct and my gut and my intuition to lead me, it's always the right place to be. Spot on. 
Yeah. So, Sheree, I know you and I could go in multiple different directions, but I also know that one of your most treasured subjects and conversations is the conversation of embodiment. Mm -hmm. I'd love for us to start. I just want you to give our listeners a little bit of background just on how you grew up and what are some of the things that you had to overcome to be where you are now? Hmm. Well, I'll be 53 in a couple months, three months. And it's so interesting. Like I didn't really start to really, really, really wake up to what I'm about to say until like three years ago. I didn't understand how important nature actually is. I didn't understand how the body, I was always kind of programmed that the body is like the vehicle of temptation. In my faith of origin, Mormonism, we are literally taught that the natural man is an enemy to God. It's in, it's in scripture. And so I guess, and I, I don't mean to throw any, any kind of ideology under the bus because I think, I think this is everywhere. I think that, that we are, especially women, that somehow our body was the downfall of humanity, <laughs> starting with Eve. And I, I won't go into it. Everyone's heard this rhetoric a million times. There's so much written about it now. And it's all up in our consciousness that that's kind of where it started, is that the body of a woman is something to be feared, subjugated, controlled, <laughs> really downplayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I don't know how to love my body and I don't know how to be in it and not feel guilty that I'm in it. And I don't even know what that means, but I kept hearing that word embodiment. It was almost like the universe just kept pouncing me with it, you know, because if we're talking about trusting when things show up, you know, and the right people, it's the same holds true for, for phrases and truth bombs that people are constantly dropping that give you a divine spark charge or a zing. And that was happening to me with body. So something that I always taught I needed to subdue, subdue the flesh, you know, and then like, again, like you can't trust your body because it's the, it's, it's, it's how you're going to get tempted to do all these bad things. So decades and decades and decades of programming around that I didn't trust my body. I didn't even know what that meant, why I should. I didn't think it was a good goal. <laughs> I thought I was just supposed to trust my spirit. So that war was going on, right? Like, okay, what is this? And I could feel a little earthquakes in my body trying to wrestle with this concept. So I just completely tuned into what I felt drawn to learn, which was all about the divine feminine, Mary Magdalene. You know, when I started diving into the Gnostic teachings, which were those driven out of, driven into obscurity by the, you know, the Roman rule at the time of, of the Nicene Creed and, and all of these beautiful texts about anything feminine, anything about the power that a woman can have or man with that, with the body and, and all of the feminine teachings and wisdom teachings that Christ was teaching were all driven in underground. So we had this beautiful, discovery during World War II of these non-commodity texts in Egypt, which contain the Gnostic Gospels. And so I dove into those because I didn't know what it meant. I thought it was 
I thought it was an evil word, Gnostic. Because you hear that word agnostic? And I didn't, I was conflating Gnostic with agnostic. But Gnosis or Gnostic, G N O S T I C, is about knowing in your body. Okay. So it's about having a human body and actually knowing, not being taught something. But agnostic is kind of like on the same spectrum of, let's just say, atheism. It's, it's on that spectrum of like, I don't really think that's a thing. <laughs> I, I'm agnostic. I, I don't really think there's a thing that will allow you to know. Mm. So for me, I'm like, ah, I don't want to just be like my whole life, you know, feeling I'm at war with myself, number one. And number two, these wisdom teachings were calling me and I knew there was something there that would help like settle peace in this war, like the peace flag. So I dove into the Gnostic teachings, one of which was the gospel of Mary, Mary Magdalene, which we could go on and on about that. But but the, the bottom line is that, you know, Jesus was teaching this technology, if you will, called kenosis, K E N O S I S, which is all about coming into the eye of your heart, the noose, N-O-U-S. These are all Greek terms because the gospel of Mary was written in Greek and she didn't write it. That's the other thing I learned. Like none of the New Testament and Old Testament were written by the actual authors that they, that are said that whose books they're said to have authored. So for me, I'm like, they were all oral teachings that were delivered decades after those people lived so they were all handed down by oral through oral teachings by scribes and they changed hands multiple times but the gospel of mary was the same it was a, it was an oral teaching that she delivered to certain people who wrote it down and they buried it in these different places in egypt so just to sum up your question i was so validated mm-hmm. when i dove into those teachings cuz they corroborated my spiritual knowing which is that I could trust myself, that God was in me, that it wasn't heretical to believe that, but that I could have this eye of the heart. I could have this seeing, this knowing that no one could take from me and that it was because of my human body that I was given this birthright. Mm -hmm. And it's all about reclaiming my own inner authority, which was massive. Yeah. So that's been ever since I had kind of that knowing and that awakening to that and um, reading about it and then hearing multiple teachers talking about it. The last few years have just been trying to undo the old programming of feeling guilty that I was even reading those or like that I'm being deceived somehow or that, you know, it just was tugging at me that I, that all these things were at my fingertips and this is a new dawn, a new era of the feminine, all these things coming out and all these teachers corroborating these same messages about embodiment and not reverting back to my old fear-based mentalities and models and patterns. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's literally still a war that I wouldn't even call it that. I would call it more like a soft battle now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But well, it's a practice. It, it's this constant practice of checking in. Yes. Because again, what I notice, Cherie, which is so great, I love what you're pointing to here, because 
if I have any kind of dis-ease in my body, it's like a signal for me to like check in. Mm -hmm. Because usually it's because I'm telling myself a lie or I'm bumping into something that is somehow counterproductive to what my body knows to be true, good, and the way. Yeah. For me, for me personally, I'm not saying the way because- Monica's way. Monica's the way. <laughs> yes. Monica's the way, right? Like Monica's way. And and I love too what you were pointing to too around the programming, because of course I call it the trance. It's also known as the matrix. There's this way that I think we've, you know, just as you mentioned, over time been indoctrinated into these ideas that are kind of caught or at a cellular level in, in our bodies. And I say our our bodies, right? And so there's where the battle is because our our actual bodies are both harboring this old programming and the truth. Mm-hmm. We're so paradoxical. We're so paradoxical. And it's amazing, right? So yes. it's it's about kind of blessing the whole mess of it and yeah. understanding that it's not because it's not supposed to be here. It's part of it. It's why we want to continue to give ourselves permission to feel the discomfort mm. to be in our bodies, which will always indicate the paradox that it gets to be okay. And that as we get better at sifting through some of this and looking and feeling what the truth really feels like in our bodies. Yes. Do you want to know what really opened me actually to this is I did, so my daughter, Savannah, who's turning 23 this December, she and I went through a yoga teacher training. Now I, I had very limited exposure to yoga and here I am doing a 200 hour teacher training, but I did it with her because she wanted to be a, a yoga teacher and, and I, we wanted to do it together. I'm telling you, Monica, it blew our socks off mm -hmm. because guess what all the teachings are about being embodied being in your body, not disassociating the power of merging with your physicality, not no longer. And women, this is, you know, this, we have been taught to reject our bodies over and over through, you know, disordered eating, body image issues, and then the whole religious stuff around like how shameful we should be and modesty culture and purity culture and all those things, right? In yoga, here I am with my, you know, then 20-year-old daughter, and we're learning. I mean, it was just like the the shackles were just falling off. And I could see it around with the women in our group. There were 15 other women. And we were just like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is holy. And I do believe, based on some of the research I've done and you know, those lost years of Christ where he, you know, we have like you know, if you're if you're not Christian, just bear with me because Christ represents Christ consciousness is what we're all really craving at a soul level. You talked about the DNA and the cellular, so we're really like Christ consciousness is is really what I'm talking about. You know, it could be Buddhist consciousness if you're Buddha or whatever, but it's that enlightened love, the way as you call it, capital T, capital W. But I believe, and you know, Jesus and 
Buddha are kind of contemporaries here too. So it's the same thing. It's the wisdom teachings of the East. It's the ancient yogic science. It's the technology of the body. That's right. And so when you go and you look at, hey, Jesus was probably traveling to India. He was probably in ancient Europe. There's strong indicators that these things were happening. So of course, of course, if he encapsulates a universal Christ consciousness, and Christ is a title of anointed one, so is and Buddha is enlightened one, right? I'm just using Christ and Buddha as two examples, but the point is there's science, there's technology, like it's spiritual technology, it's science. That's right. So here we are in yoga learning all these things and we're shifting and our emotions are coming up and we're like, wow. And if you follow Ram Das, he talks about you can literally have like, you know, psychedelic type experiences through yoga, through mm-hmm. yoga poses. So anyway, it was just that was a that was one of the markers on my path to really understanding embodiment. And it really, for all the women in our group, some of them were in transitions of various kinds through marriages and death and divorce and all these things. And we all had a measure of a group type of consciousness awakening around the power of our bodies and that it was up to us to choose how we wanted to walk this earth and be in our bodies. And yeah, you can't go back to sleep after that. You, you, when you awaken to that, it's, it's cataclysmic inside of you. Your whole worldview just expands and you cannot go back to sleep. It's so true. It's so true. Again, I just want to paint this picture even a little bit broader. We're taught that our body is the enemy, right? Even in the beauty culture, like we're continu- everybody's continually trying to fix our body or we, there's just so much projection out there around all the things we need to do to fix our body. If I look at the medical world, it's kind of like we're taught to give our power over to kind of the experts, the medical. Yeah. Right. The experts. Right. And it's one of the hardest lessons I ever had to learn happened, you know, 12 years ago. And I was, in addition to everything else that happened, I was also deeply ill. Like I had a health crisis and no doctor that I went to could help me. And it was, wasn't was until I started to really take my own power back, do my own research, learn how to muscle test and do all of the things mm. that help me discern for my body, how what my body needs, what my body is requesting in terms of how it needs to heal. Yes. And what needed to be revealed in order for it to be healed. Mm. And it's a journey. So it's not like, oh, poof, you know, it happens overnight. It's all about learning to inhabit ourselves in such a way that we're picking up on these subtle signs that our body's always been given us, but we've been overriding those signals for so long. Yes. It's so interesting. So a couple of days ago, my my little girl was supposed to go to my mom's house after school. We just moved like two miles from my parents or a mile and a half from my parents. And it's, it's been great. But my um, my dad said, oh, your mom's not doing well. I have to take her to the ER. So she gave us a little bit of a scare because her blood, she has normally has high blood pressure and it dropped really low. And she, she ended up, it ended up being that it was the blood pressure medication that was causing all the problems. She goes, you know what? She said, for about a month, 
I kept getting this feeling, I probably shouldn't be on this medication. I probably, but, you know, deferring to the doctor, the doctor's like, well, this just comes with the territory. You're going to have a stroke. He put all this fear into her. You're going to have a stroke. You're going to have this if you're not on this medication. But she was feeling in her body and in her knowing that that it was causing big problems. And so it, it, you know, kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then she's like really bottoming me out and having to go to the ER. And so she's like talking on the phone yesterday and she's like, I knew that I didn't need a doctor to tell me, Oh, at the ER to say, it's your medication. You need to, we need to take you off that. So it's just interesting to me. I was just, anyway, that's just a very recent experience of like, it's not of course happening just with women. Men have, have that same innate. It's just that women, we, we have this skill, this natural ability, if you will, to have this womb wisdom is, you know, what that is too. It's, it's just this knowing it's this gut knowing it's second chakra, root chakra, mother earth, guttural, like this is what I know. And you can't conceptualize it and you can't explain it sometimes, but you just know. And so anyway, she knew that and she was battling between two doctors, go off the medication, stay on it. And she goes, I'm going to go with staying off of it because that's what my body is telling me. Mm -hmm. And now she's doing a lot better. Yes. So yeah, it's like when you brought up the medical establishment, it reminded me of that because the medical academic fields, religious systems, and I'm not talking about the spirit of religion. I'm talking about when it becomes compulsory to override your embodied knowing to do something. So women are burning themselves out left and right in the quote unquote service of God mm-hmm. because they're not listening to their own knowing. And I'll say to their own divine knowing. Yes. To their own divine wisdom. So it again there's that paradox. It's like we're <laughs> we're doing out there in service to and who ends up paying the price when all along our divinity has been like knocking on the door, like, hello? Hi, when are you gonna? When are you gonna listen to me? When are you gonna slow down? When are you gonna honor? And again, this is, this kind of starts, starts us integrating with and becomes a beautiful segue into what is the divine feminine in our lives? Mm-hmm. And how do we discern? And sometimes it's easy for me to talk about in relation to these nuanced conversations, to the ways that we can't just be up in our head, we have to embody ourselves and especially open our hearts. Yeah. That so much of what we're seeing in the world is so much division around these ways of seeing the world. And again, I say everybody is up in their heads, right, about their positioning. Mm -hmm. And it's such an illusion, because when you really start to, well, I'll say it's an illusion, and what's missing is the divine feminine, which is exactly what we want to bring more of. Right. But what we're watching play out in the world over and over again is kind of like the way the patriarchal narrative wants us to... The old way. Right, the old way. Which is not the way. (laughs) Right. 
that we were alluding to earlier. Yeah, that's right. Right. And it's so anyway, it's there's so much here. But, you know, it also really I mean, we're in the depths right now of, of course, now what I'll call the body health vaccination wars. Like there's just so much here. And Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really tricky to navigate. I I don't know if you have anything to say on that subject. Yeah. I mean, oh, for sure. Like think about it. What's rising up in the earth's collective right now is fear of death, fear of illness. And they're all physical issues. And it's like culminating in this like vaccination war which is really not about the vaccination. It is a, it is. And I, and you and I both talked about this earlier, like we're in the middle road with this. I'm not pro and I'm not against, I'm literally in a middle path and I'm looking at it and noticing and observing, which is that whole feminine way, you know, but it is a war against the body. We're in a, we're in a war with the body. So I think it's a, glass half full right now. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, I know COVID is a real thing. I know it affects the respiratory system. I know it's not just about fear because people are getting it and people are dying, right? At the same time, it is a grand invitation, this whole COVID thing that we thought we were going to be done with like well over a year ago, right? It's a grand invitation from the universe, like embossed with gold foil lettering addressed to you in your full name of how are you going to show up and listen to your body? Mm-hmm. That's what it's feeling and looking like to me. I stay out of the banter. I appreciate both sides. And I just really am listening to my own wisdom and body. And I'm, I, when I am told to move, I move. Mm-hmm. When I'm told to sit and wait and watch, I do that. You mean when you're told by your own body? When I, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. For that. Just, just to be clear. Yes. 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 To be clear, when she tells me, mm-hmm. and she being my own divine soul, directly connected to mother source and mm-hmm. father source in the way, in the God of my understanding, when she tells me, my divine soul tells me to move, I will move. And I think that's what's really painful right now is that we there's a lot of compulsory stuff going on where they want us to override our knowing. So I'm having those conversations with my older and younger kids about listening to your own body. And so I don't have fear around it at all. Zero. I wouldn't say zero. <laughs> That's definitely I like on a scale of one to ten, my fear level is a one. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fear is it's part of our humanity. It's part, you know, it's, again, it's not about getting rid of fear altogether. It's about using it as an indicator to get more curious about, well, what am I really afraid of here? And allowing those fears to kind of surface so that we can be with them. Yes. Because when things are hiding below the surface and we can't be with them, that's when we get the persistent feeling and they get bigger and bigger until we actually look. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I I actually see a coach right now who's helping me with me. (laughs) (laughs) We all need one of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's helping me realize that I've been afraid of fear. Mm. You know, like just sitting with that. I'm like, yeah, I was taught 
that if I felt fear, that was of Satan. And it was telling me, you know, to stay away from, you know, it's kind of that cognitive dissonance that you feel, mm-hmm. that, which is sometimes fear-based. And she's like, if you can learn to make notice the fear and be like, hello, fear. Yeah. Hi. Hi, my old. Like, you know, what, what are you showing me today? Mm-hmm. Like, what triggered this fear response? What, what, why are you coming out now? What happened, honey? Like, instead of, oh my gosh, where's all my tools? Yes. Here it comes. Here comes the anxiety. Here comes the not knowing. Here comes all the feelings and the intensities in my body. But it's like, locate it in the body, talk to it. And not, it's like you said, it's not about getting rid of it. Mm-mm. That's the lie. You do not need to get rid of your fear. No, no. And the natural kind of way that the fear actually leaves us is when we remember. Yes. And you and I love this remembering conversation. It's when we remember we are both divine and human and we come back into the body and we're willing to be with that fear. And for, you know, my listeners, I, of course, am immediately putting my hands over my heart because that's what I do when I'm trying to remember the truth of my own love, my own compassion for myself when I am in fear. It's like there's also, it's tuning in sometimes to like, where is the fear coming from and locating it, like you said, in my body. And also, sometimes it's actually my inner child. Sometimes who I have to attend to in that moment is kind of like the wounded inner maiden, right? Or the wounded child who, you know, I'm trying to think of like a recent example, but it's so true for me that also that discernment is really important because I grew up, right, with like my dad was a surgeon, right? And there are certain ways, again, like we're all programmed growing up around paying attention to our body, paying attention to our health. And so sometimes I remember, for example, my father often saying like, oh, those supplements, you know, they go right through you, things like that, right? You know, and it's so funny because I'm a big like supplement user. Me too, huge. I take everything. And there's a way that like we're so being encouraged more than ever because of the depletion in our the nutrients in our soil to supplement. All those trace minerals and the good fats and everything that we need for antioxidants. And to find ways to support our bodies, whether it's essential oils, whether it's glutathione, there's so many mm. things that actually... And so sometimes I have to check in and be like... sure. What's going on right now? And again, my indicator is always my body, like something feels off. And there's usually some kind of conversation that I'm unaware Mm -hmm. of that I'm having with myself, or I'm berating myself or putting myself down and I'm not recognizing it. So when all of this came up with COVID, there's been so many times that I've had to just check in with myself and I mean, some days even it felt like multiple times a day where I was just sitting because, you know, with all of what was coming up and it was, it was like a little full-time job for a little while there because there's a lot going on in terms of the fear mongering. And so I had to get really clear about like, what was I really feeling was my truth? And then what could I start to do to care for myself? And by the way, that does not include tuning into the mainstream news every day. Oh, gosh. It is so full of fear mongering. 
That's their job. That's how they get ratings. That's everything. I mean, even people posting on social media, like friends, I'm like, I know that that person is speaking from a place of fear and not knowing. And there's no judgment because I've been there too. But to spread it and it spreads like a virus, you know, it's a collective virus of fear. That's what we're really battling. We're not really battling COVID. And there's always a spiritual, as you know, a spiritual creation before physical one, before it manifests physically. What have we created on the energetic level that is bigger than COVID? Well, it's this fear. It's this war of what's going to happen to my body? What's going to happen to the bodies of my loved ones? That's how deep this is. And when we talk about the matrix, Mm -hmm. the, the grids of the matrix were laid down by fear and not always nefariously so. I mean, because we all love, we all have love in us. There's not this intentional like pattern being created out of like, I'm going to hurt people or I'm going to do the, I'm, I'm going to like take it down. There might be people like that. Actually, I know there are, but most of us are plugging into these matrices because we're worried about our loved ones and we care. And what it really is going to have, like the spirit of these times is trusting yourself, learning to really, really, and then it comes back to that embodiment we're talking about. That's the sovereignty of when are we going to get that we are sovereigns. I love that you said the spirit of these times, because it, again, it's yeah. there's always a bigger picture than the picture that we're looking at. And if we kind of stay on the surface, which is what I'm always saying mm-hmm. as part of the Revelation Project, if we stay on the surface, we're going to experience and see yeah. unconsciously plug into the matrix, right? That's where the matrix is. It's on the surface. The matrix does not like when you kind of mm. soul dive beyond that surface level and come up with your own truth and intuit what is really going on. What is the bigger picture? And again, it's so funny because we're taught, and I'm kind of pointing up to Sheree as she's looking at me, we're taught to go out there to even in prayer, right? It's like we're taught to like look up versus to look in and to dive in. Yeah. The bowing and the bowing that happens is beautiful. But if you look at the even the origin of prayer bowing, it's about it's kind of like the namaste, you know, the sacred in me bows to the sacred in you. Yeah, I love what you're saying about the surface because this is all over in my astrological chart. So just bear with me. But I love plunging the depth. That's how I'm wired. That's how my planets line up when I was born. I can't, it's just what I I choose, I chose to incarnate into this lifetime of like plunging the depths. And that is divine feminine. That's what she does. She is what is underneath. She is the mystery. She is the depth. She is sometimes the dark because that's where creation starts. So when we're talking about these patriarchal matrices that have been woven into the fabric of our society energetically, they're all on the surface. It's overt. It's physical. It's quantifiable. It's measurable. It's black and white. It's logical. That's toxic. That's the toxic masculine. 
Whereas um, there is a sacred masculine and you see that happening too, but it's still kind of on the surface in terms of enlightened doing physical things you can see. It's logical. She dives down. She is Mm -hmm. in with us, supporting us. And it doesn't always look, it's not always cloaked in this pretty stuff. She's asking us to do go deeper. That's right. Mm-mm. In fact, sh- yeah, in fact, she's asking us, oftentimes inviting us to the mess. And, you know, to go back to what you were saying about the dark, it's it's not, you know, I I had this amazing retreat experience this past weekend and we got to really explore kind of this energy of the Black Madonna. The Black the Black Madonna, yeah. Yes. And again, like back to earth as mother, mater, and mm. this understanding of the dark mother, you know, the the void of creation, you know, that and to recognize too that that's an invitation to be with our own darkness and our shadows and to look at them and when we can be with them yes nobody else i've noticed can tell me or project upon me something that i don't already know about myself and that becomes kind of this really interesting dynamic out there that when we're okay with who we are even our darkest messiest parts yes Nobody can have anything over on you anymore. It's like, yeah, I know about, right. I know that about myself, or I know when it doesn't stick, you know, when it's just not true and it's not mine. So it's just fascinating, like, because I do believe, just like you said, that this is such an, an embossed invitation with each of our names on it to see beyond the surface, to see with our inner eyes, what else is here now? Absolutely. And so beautifully expressed what everything you said. I love the idea of liberating women. I just think that is so badass. Like the only way that we will all be liberated, lest you think I'm fully liberated, I'm not. Like it's a process to sort of emancipate yourself from these matrices that want to keep you in fear and looking at what you can see and what's on the surface. But I think that when enough women come together, because it does take a community, it takes a tribe, it takes other women talking about it. That's why I started my podcast. I just wanted to invite women to go inside to look past what they're just looking at with their physical sense senses and also like claim that divine feminine energy to go into the shadow and that it's going to be okay. And I'm your guide and I'm here and I'm going through it too. You and I talked about this off air before we started recording and I hope you're okay with me sharing this, but we started talking and you're like, Oh my gosh, these times I'm like, I know. And I think what we came to is this like, the people who are really confronting their shadows right now, egos, old programming, paradigms that we're carrying that are not lined up. Past mistakes and facing them. Past, Yes, all the stuff in the past, all the things we bought into, all the things that we were not true to ourselves about. And we are climbing into that and we're looking at it. Those are the people 
who will be leading others as midwives through this great transition. We are being prepared. I have chills everywhere. Like we're being prepared for it because we're saying, yes, yes, I I will look at the shadow. I'm not going to keep praying it away. I'm not going to keep trying to fast it away. I'm talking about religious practices that are beautiful, but that don't actually get you in to what's happening in your human form, what you came here to learn with your DNA, the ancestral shadows, the dark programming that's been going on for thousands of years, really getting clear on like your own connection to the divine, not through other people, not through leaders, not through your best friend, your husband, your mom, your dad, anyone who loves you, like you, you and you in the source. So for me, like that's liberation. That's where the shackles start coming out. And you start to, you start to see things for as they actually are versus what you're told they are, they need to be. It is. Well, and, and a huge part of that too, Sheree, that I think is so powerful. And I don't know about for you, but you know, we're often kind of throwing around this word like unconditional love. Yeah. And yet when people really stand up and assert their truth, it's fascinating to see what happens when we stand in our truth and especially in the face of somebody not agreeing with us. Yes. And we are then suddenly being shamed for what we said, being uh, bullied for what we shared. It, that's not unconditional love. And that's not love at all, by the way. That's another aspect of fear and control. Yeah. And it's really hard for people to kind of get that, like, even as it relates to the collective, there's, yes, we're all interconnected and the sacred and we are all sacred sovereign beings on to ourselves and our body is our temple in that way that nobody else gets to tell me what I get to do with my body and what I need to feel or think. That is my sovereign choice. And suddenly I'm seeing again, like all of these ways people turn that into being selfish. And I just want to point out that that is not the kind of selfish, right? That isn't considering others. It's when we talk about, especially when it comes to women, how selfless we have been at the expense of ourselves. What the world needs is women who are full of themselves. Yes, full-bodied women. You know, full of themselves. That's right. Full-bodied women who are willing to use their voice. Yeah even when it's inconvenient for others to hear it. it's The time is now. And I love, too, what you said about the sacred masculine. And I really believe that as women, the more women that wake up, because we are illuminators, because we are natural revealers, if we trust ourselves, we will bring our men with us. Yeah, But it's the women as we return to consciousness that meet the divine and sacred masculine. And that's when we start integrating and healing and coming into this new world. I love it. Yes, 
Absolutely. That is what it is. That's why Mary Magdalene's archetype and historical presence is making a comeback because she is a feminine Christ type. And it's that partnership they have as co co creators, if you will, teachers, master teachers, but also just to dive even, even deeper below the surface of what you just said, too. That integration happens inside of us, claiming our own sacred masculine, our own divine feminine, and marrying them, Mm -hmm. coupling them, letting them, like when I just talked about having that war inside you, that's the the yin and the yang. It's like, do I trust with my yin here or do I go with the yang? Do I do something right now or do I just sit and wait? That's right. And always these forces within us, these ancient forces are trying to move us into growth and progression and the listening and the honoring of that. Oh, here comes my sacred masculine. I need to act. So I told you when I went to England, Mm -hmm. that whole trip in August last month was all about marrying and the sacred alchemy of marrying the masculine and feminine within And uh, because it was in Glastonbury, England, which is kind of like the heart chakra of the world, Mm -hmm. being on the land, being at Chalice Well, feeling that alchemy within me, not my group, not what I'd read or learned or my guide that was there for us, but just the feeling of, "I, I have got this. I can trust that I will know when to act and activate my sacred masculine. I will know when to sit and wait and watch and move hell if I need to with my divine feminine. So this interplay we have going on within us, it's really a a subtle merging and, and allowing that can take place in that inner alchemy. And for me, I literally have to go to another country to go experience it because when you're in your own motherland, it can be a little... I acted. I, I heard, get your, get your body to England now. It's a culmination of a year of mystery school I was in. But I was told to get my plane ticket in the middle of COVID, all these things. And I didn't have a vaccination. I still don't. Like I said, I'm in the middle path. If I'm told to act and move and get it, I will. But that's just me. So I went to England last month, unvaccinated, quarantined there. I did all the stuff, quarantined there for, for 10 days and uh, got five negative COVID tests just to be there. And then I experienced what I need to experience and I come home and my flight got delayed because I got the wrong COVID test and I stayed there an extra day. And I sat with what I needed to sit with and I trusted it and I came home and then hell hit. Because I had to reintegrate into this land. (laughs) But I'm just bringing this up because again, this is what is happening in full manifestation before eyes on the earth. when When I'm talking about the spirit of the times. And we as a people and a collective are learning this trust, the self-trust. And if we're not on the path to claim that mm-hmm. and we're in resistance to it, it's going to ramp up the fear. It's just going to go off the charts. And I see people doing this in spirit, trying to do it and cloaking it in spiritual language, the fear. Yes. And it's not resonating. I can spot, I don't know about you, Monica, but I can spot someone in absolute fear teaching spiritual principles like in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's for sure getting uh, it, it what what it what shows up in me is just a deep curiosity, like because there is some kind of like 
I'm like looking closer, like, wait, what is going on here? So yes to that. And also I want to point to, for our listeners, I, I will make sure to put Cherie's journey because she shared a gorgeous episode of her journey in Glastonbury that I actually played for my daughter. And we were listening to it. I listened to it twice. I loved it so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's called Mary Magdalene and the Priestess Path. It was so beautiful. And I have a, an experience that's similar. It was when I took my mother to Israel and it was a pilgrimage. And I thought, you know, I was doing this for my mother. And I'm the one that had this massive kind of experience about just a deeper understanding of you know, what it is to go to some of those deeply ancient sites and what ends up kind of being excavated in my own self. Yeah, yeah. Because I loved kind of the symbology of like the Holy Sepulchre being built over this, that, and the other temples, right? And then what I was finding was I had to dig within the ruins of my own soul and look at a few things while I was there. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yep. That were so powerful, but it's like I had to go all the way to Israel to get the inner lesson. Yeah. You know, and again, that gets to be just so wonder filled. It's just like, wow, this is, and we learn as we go and as we trust our body, because there was some deep knowing in me that, that I had to go, that I had to go with her. And it was, it ended up just being an extraordinary experience. I have always wanted to go to Israel. Israel and Egypt are kind of like my next places to visit, if possible. Okay, Egypt is probably before Israel. All right. Well, if you want a sister to join you to Egypt, I'll go. Yes. And I'll go to Israel again, too. No problem. So yeah, it's just like back to the embodiment. And just to kind of really summarize our conversation, it's I want to what I want to offer here to our listeners is that this gets to happen in your way, in your time in. But I wondered, Cherie, if you have something to point our listeners to, or just a tip, something to leave them with to whether they're already on this path in some way, or they're not. It's something maybe that you want to offer. Yeah, thank you, Monica. So I am gearing up to relaunch my Stan Speak Shine School in early 2022. It's all about 12 feminine embodiment principles and kind of cultivating that. And I just want to, as you were kind of like talking just now, I just had this hit, like I need to share with people that you get to take care of yourself. You know, here's a permission slip to just say, no, I don't feel like doing that thing. I don't want to keep carrying this. I don't want to do that for you. And just that is your divine, that is holy, that is sacred, that is that is not you denying the work of God or you denying somebody else something they need. When you stand in, I, I know my heart, I know that I have love, I know that this is the other piece that can really anchor people in their fear. And this is what was taught to me by my coach very recently. She said, what do you feel when the fear comes up? Like if I'm supposed to do something and I don't want to do it, let's just say, 
I'm afraid that will happen if I don't go take care of that. Think about that fear. Let it run in you. I'm like, okay, here it is. She's like, do you love your kids right now? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, the power of unconditional love to be there. Summon that love for your children. Oh, yep. Still there. While I'm in the fear of this not knowing, will give you the power to make an embodied choice for your highest good and the good of the person that you're afraid you're not serving. So boundaries. Just I had to just share that because that that is, I just did a session for a woman this morning who's learning this and it's really affecting her health. Back's going out. She can't manifest money, all these things because she is is terrified to set a boundary because if she sets this boundary for herself, everything will fall apart in her mind. Mm -hmm. And I know what that feels like too. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to leave that. It's everything for a woman to, in her sovereignty, set the bounds of her limitations and, and what she will allow in and not and and allow to be expressed out. So yeah, I do have a stand speak shine school where we kind of detail and go through that getting, like I said, ready to relaunch that here in um, 2022, people can get on the wait list for that. But yeah, and then just my podcast, Women Seeking Wholeness. I'm definitely laying this episode down on my podcast. (laughs) You know, it's getting recycled because my listeners need need to hear this conversation. You and I had talked about that before. Yes. And and Monica, I just also want to honor you for your work. Mm. I love what you post. I love where you go. I love the guests you have. And I can just feel the soul of your work. So I want to just just honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you. The feeling is so mutual. Yeah, so I want to point our listeners in the show notes. I'll make sure that I have Cherie's links so you can not only listen to her podcast, but you can see if you want to be part of the program that she's going to launch again, which is really at the end of the day, all about what are these 12 feminine principles of embodiment. Because again, I want to, if we're not, (laughs) if we don't re-inhabit ourselves, truly, Mm -hmm. like if women do not kind of come back into remembering the truth of who they are, not much is going to happen until we do. Exactly. Like this, we're going to continue to see what's going on out in the world. The reason we're seeing it is because actually of our absence, because of our disassociation from this principle. And those of you that are out there making informed decisions that are right for your body, yay, right? Like keep going. If it's a yes yes for you, trust that. Again, regardless of what anybody else thinks. And that goes for everything. That goes for vaccination, non-vaccination, implants. I don't care, right? Like whatever's whatever your body is telling you is a yes for you, honor it. Honor it. Just honoring that. Yep. 100%. So thank you, Sheree. This has just been um, amazing. And- And until next time, because I'm sure we'll do this again, right? Yes. So more to be revealed. Mm, Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.